Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. As a child, I grew up with a lot of shame and a sense of abandonment. And I never was, I wasn't able to process it because I didn't understand what it was. And I was too little to articulate it, so I couldn't tell anybody what it was. So what I learned as a child was how to stuff it, how to just push it down and go on. I was also, I felt out of place with every group that I was a part of. I, I had friends, but I was never truly integrated into any of the groups of people that I knew. I was like an outsider. And the reason for this is because I didn't have a mother. All my friends, they had mothers. And as I recall, most of them had dads as well. And when anyone ever asked me about my mother, I just told them that my mother died when I was two years old. The fact of the matter is that I was ashamed of the way that my mother died. My mother was murdered. A group of women jumped on her and stabbed her to death, and I was too. And I left a big hole, a void that wasn't filled. And all that I can remember of her was just one image that I have that's still with me today. I remember being with my mother on a dirt road, and there were some ducks. That's what she left. Fortunately, I never felt like an orphan because there was always somebody around to love me. And the person that loved me the most was my great-grandmother. She nurtured me, taught me my ABCs. She even took the blame for me many times when I was mischievous around the house when nobody was there. It's not that I didn't get discipline, but I didn't have to deal with it twice. And she was a, just a safe place for me. And if I could measure laps or grade laps, I would say that my great-grandmother had the best lap in the world. I remember I would just crawl up into her lap and curl up like a cat before a warm fire and go to sleep. It was a safe place. But one day, she went to sleep. She wasn't sick. She wasn't in the hospital. She didn't walk with a stick. She just went to sleep. And she didn't wake up. And that hole just grew bigger. And the void was bigger. But I had my grandfather. And he was like a father to me. I loved him. He was my mentor. He taught me how to walk with integrity. He taught me how to finish things, how to hang in there until it was done. And although he wasn't able to help me with my classwork, in fact, nobody was able to help me with my classwork because everybody in the house, the highest grade was like the sixth grade, but he was a great encourager. 
He was a great storyteller, and he was an advocate for me. Because I remember one time, I asked a girl to go to a party when I was and then I was in trouble because she said yes. And I hadn't figured out how I was going to get way across town to get her and then take her to the party and then get her home. So I went to my grandfather and I told him. And he just laughed. And he said, here, boy, you can have the keys to the car. You can. So, so he, saved me. he saved me again. My grandfather took care of all of us. Food, clothing, shelter, all of us. You get a splinter in your hand or you step on a nail, he'd take you right to the doctor. But he didn't take care of himself the same way. And he died when I was a senior in high school. He died from an infection that probably could have been cured with penicillin. And then that was another stretching of that hole. I mean, I was devastated. I remember I didn't cry at the funeral, but that night I took the car and I rode around for hours and I just cried and cried till my face was wet and my shirt was soaked. Because I didn't have anyone to go to anymore for, for guidance or, or, or wisdom. I was just like by myself on my own because I was just about to graduate from high school, and my grandfather would hardly let me work part-time when I was in high school, and I had to go to work to go to school. And it was so hard that I ended up starting all over again. And when I got to the university, I was truly an outsider again because I wasn't high tone, clean cut. And if you want to know what that is, speak to me during the intermission and I'll explain it to you. My daddy didn't have a lot of money. He wasn't a doctor. My mother wasn't a school teacher. I didn't live on the west side. And I didn't have any money. In fact, at this school, I was the only one at the school, and there weren't very many black people in school at the time. And I went to a high school on the east side of town, and everybody was from the west side. I was totally out of place because, like I said, you needed a pedigree to talk to anybody there. But I ran into a guy named Charles, and he said, hey, man, come on over here with us and hang out with us. And I finally found a place where I thought I fit because I had family and I wasn't an outsider. In fact, hanging out with these guys helped me a whole lot to deal with the shyness that I had to deal with growing up. And I remember one time I had said that Everybody special in my life would go away. And I hadn't thought about that for a long time. But one day, Charles was trimming a corn on his toe. And I don't recall whether or not I knew 
if he had diabetes, but he did have diabetes and his foot got infected and he lost his foot. Subsequently, he lost both legs and he died. And there was another stretching of that hole, that void was getting bigger. Well, during the time that I knew Charles, I had developed a friendship with the best friend that I ever had. His name was Clifford. And I grew up like an only child, and Clifford was an only child. And we had such a closeness that we lived and breathed the same air. We shared things. There was nothing about me that Clifford didn't know, and there was nothing about him that I had too much shame to tell him. And I probably knew everything about him as well. And one day, he was working on the project. He was typing, and the doorbell rang. And he went to the door, and there was an old man standing there with a gun. And he shot him because he said that his typewriter was making too much noise. And Clifford stumbled out of the apartment and he died on the lawn in front of the apartment. And I was just at a loss. This gigantic hole was stretched so big that I didn't know what to do. And I was like in a daze for weeks. But in the process of time, I began to think about these things in the processing. And one of the greatest helps that I had was my wife, who sometimes it's annoying, but she forces me to think about stuff <laughs> that I don't want to think about. But it was helpful. And I realized that The people that I mentioned before had no obligation to live for me. But I have an obligation to live for them. Because when somebody dies, at least for me, it seems that they take a piece of you with them, but they also leave some of themselves with you. My mother left me a legacy of life. My grandmother left me a whole lot of love. My grandfather imparted me with wisdom. Charles taught me what friendship was all about. And Clifford, I had a bond with Clifford that couldn't, that can't be broken. And now I realize that the reason that I felt like an outsider was because I just didn't let anybody inside. But now I have the ability to just stretch, to stretch and to encompass the people that are in my life, to hold them close, to love them, to progress and to go forward and to continue with the life that's been given me. <laughs>